It's Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. This is the Hermetic Hour, and I'm your host, Poke Runyon, and tonight I will read my essay entitled The Pagan Myth of Christmas. Well, as most of you know, December 25th is a date selected to represent winter solstice and thus corresponds to the seasonal return of the sun, making Jesus a pagan sun god. This is just one of the many pagan myth themes adopted by Christianity in the formative years of the religion. The cross of crucifixion became the cross of the four seasons. Churches were built on the site, uh, on the site of pagan temples, but what is what is not widely known is the connection between paganism, Gnosticism, and Christianity. Jesus was a pagan demigod modeled on Osiris, and when we match him up with the Canaanite Baal, he becomes the once and future king of Israel. The last of the pagan dying gods, the Gnostic Christians believed that there had been a succession of these redeemers represented by ancient gods and goddesses. So, if you want to celebrate the mystery of Christmas, tune in and we'll deck the halls. Well, it may surprise most people to learn that myths may become as real as history if they are part of a religious tradition. Through a process which we call memetics, the evolution of information, concepts, and images as they evolve through culture and time. This may also apply to history itself, insofar as history and scripture are both written by the winners, the victors. Hence, Jesus, Moses, Solomon, and Santa Claus may all have been based on real people, perhaps even extraordinary people, but not supernatural people. And quite frankly, their humanity makes them no less important. For example, the loaves and the fishes was possibly simply because wealthy people took a whole fish and a whole loaf to an event for lunch, whereas poor people had little or no food. So persuading the wealthy to share their fish and bread with the poor was the real miracle. And we might add that Buddha was also said to have performed the same miracle several hundred years earlier and to have been born on December 25th, as was Krishna and Mithra, all sun gods, miracle workers, and prototypes of Christ. Now, political atheists use these synchronicities to discredit the Christian myth, whereas enlightened hermetics see them as reinforcement. If several redeeming saviors in different lands and at different times perform the same miracles and share other life facts such as virgin births, births in caves, crucifixion, and so forth, then some version of the myth becomes a reality in the spiritual dimension. In order to accept this, you must have faith. Even though Gnosis transcends faith, it demands faith. 
faith in salvation. Gnosticism holds that the original God, Father L, who ensouled us all, has been exiled beyond the earth, now ruled by his son, Jehovah, or he yelled about, a cruel demiurge. So El has sent his second son, the Christ, with a message to liberate us all so that we may return to our father. God has also sent down his daughter, the Lady of Wisdom, to be the bride of the Christos on the model of Isis and Osiris and Baal and Astarte. To the original Valentinian Christians, Christ's marriage to Mary Magdalene was the true sacrament of the Christian church. The cross did not become a Christian symbol until 600 years after Jesus' death. Before that, main, before that, the main importance of the cross was not as an instrument of punishment, but as a symbol of the four seasons and the yearly cycle of the sun. Hence, it was the standard of the sun god in ancient times. This pagan sun god was Egyptian, European, and even Mexican. In early days, fiction was a way of depicting a sun god. In the case of Christianity, the crucible of its creation was the ancient city of Alexandria. And the alchemy of the process was a spiritual movement called Gnosticism. A quick, politically incorrect definition of Gnosticism would be a synthesis of Greek mythology and philosophy and the Hebrew Torah which itself was a synthesis of several Mesopotamian, Persian, and Egyptian myths and legends. The Bible is the largest collection of plagiarisms and cult-serving confabulations ever published. But much of it has become reality in the spiritual dimension. This was the material that the first century Gnostics used to construct their allegorical version of the Christian myth. They were also the creators of the Kabbalah. The Gnostic version of Christianity began in Alexandria in the first century. The Gnostics believed that the original God of the Bible was a vegetarian and a peaceful father who ruled with his goddess wife, and their extended family of angels, the Elohim. Their natural paradise became corrupted and was cleansed by the great flood, and the recovering world was given to Jehovah, a demiurge, who ruled ruthlessly, suppressing and enslaving the survivors of the original paradise, who had preserved the lost secrets of the Elohim. These persecuted men and women yearned for a savior, one who would free them from bondage to the demiurge. Jehovah also disfavored women, considering them soulless creatures, whereas the Valentinians believed that human beings did not become fully ensouled until they united in marriage. Hence, they were far more partial to women's rights and empowerments. As a matter of fact, 
Mary Magdalene became one of the earliest leaders of the Christian church. At this point in time, it seems that we are overdue to reform the Christian myth to its Valentinian Gnostic form. We might add that this is in keeping with Hermetic philosophy, and it was believed by both Paracelsus and Jacob Borm. And so, close with our little Christmas, our little Christmas song. We wish you a mythic Christmas. We wish you a mythic Christmas. We wish you a mythic Christmas and a Gnostic New Year. Okay, everybody. Take care and be well. Good magic, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>